Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin Bizarro, and more importantly, you can find us on Spotify or anywhere else you grow yourself through podcasts. So this is a very special podcast, guys. I've never actually done one with a whole family um, in, a, in a business, and I think it's important because I myself grew up much like Jesse did in a family business with influences of family members. Um, And so I really am going to enjoy this episode. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow you guys to introduce yourselves, um, talk, talk about your background separately with before Jesse was ever in the picture and sort of how you guys got into food and met each other. And then, you know, and we've got plenty of time, obviously it's my podcast. So I get to say what goes on. And so, the I just want because I don't want to take away from it because I can introduce people and mess things up and I just want like you guys are have so much energy as a family and it's obvious why Jesse has so much energy so I'm going to let you tell you I'm going to start with Scott introduce yourself why are you in this building making bagels uh, I'm Scott Spellman I'm uh, co-owner of uh, Utopia Bagels and uh, I just want to thank you, Justin, for uh, coming here. I heard you drove all the way from Nashville today. <laughs> I, yeah, a couple of days ago, but <laughs> yes, I did. And uh, we really appreciate you being here today. Um, we're here today in Utopia Bagels. Uh, it's a family-run business for 41 years. Um, I got involved uh, in this uh place uh, almost about 10 11 years ago um, when it was a much smaller store also um, my journey through food I think started as a little kid <laughs> love it um, you know uh, my parents always recall me talking about me eating a whole short dinner at Lundy's in Brooklyn yeah, where yeah. I grew up at like three years old <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was like a pound and a half lobster, a bucket of piss clams, which I still love today. Yeah. You know, garlic bread and salad and a baked potato. So my food journey, I would say, started there. You know? Yeah. And I like this this the story because, well, when you're three years old, but it also I can see Jesse's eating by being here just for the 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 time I've been here and Jesse's always eating and he's a hungry guy so it's obvious why you could eat seafood that much seafood well, at three years old well Jesse you know is is a di- you know he's at times been uh hungrier and less hungrier at times uh but he he's a, he's comes from a sports background yeah and I think that hunger is just within him whether it's food or anything I think yeah, my I son is very hungry for anything that's out there it's not just food i think yeah. and his attitude shows that too and so let's talk about this how did you why utopia bagel like how did this venture get to here well, how did jesse my, come my to life has just been many many businesses <laughs> yeah um Perfect. that i've done I, yeah. i've been through so many different businesses uh uh 
I'm I, laughing because I just when someone says it and you know you feel it. You've been through so no, many businesses I, and so many different at types of businesses. Twenty years old, I owned a, a, a medallion, <laughs> a taxi cab medallion. Taxi medallion. At yeah, twenty yeah. years old, I went to school Baruch. It wasn't really working out for me. Yeah. Um, but when he was a teenager, he worked at a bagel store. Yes. So it's kind of full circle. In very a cool. Yeah, as a young kid, listen, I had many different various jobs, yeah. newspapers, and delivering that, and uh, uh, like she said, I worked in my father's, my, my, my best friend's father owned the bagel store, and when we were young and when we were growing up, we'd go away in the summer. Everyone would go up like to Monticello, to the bungalow colonies, yeah, that yeah. type of lifestyle, and my best friend on the bungalow, his father owned the bagel store in Queens. Now, I lived in Brooklyn at the time. We moved to Howard Beach, where my best friend lived from camp, and eventually I worked at his father's bagel store. Very cool. And it kind of attached me here. Be, in one way, a, a friend of mine that I got to know at that bagel store ended up working for my partner here. And there was a long time where I knew my 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 partner and I would talk about this gentleman coming to maybe work here for him. And one day I walk in and he's here with him. I'm like, this is the guy I'm telling you about. Yeah. Uh, so within world. a bagel store, I've always felt I had the ability to understand the bagel store. But this particular store was totally a different story of why I'm here and how I'm here. Uh, but again, I, I had a, 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 um, a medallion at 20. I owned a flower shop. Yeah. I mean, going from a, a, a medallion to own taxi driver, I, I started designing flowers. We started wholesaling flowers, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Just never worked out. Wasn't enough money. Uh, from there, I, I, I started working for sales as for a magazine and newspaper company. Yeah. Did that. Had a few routes. Um, early also, um, I, I worked for my father as a young kid, too. Uh, he owned a very big book distributing store, uh, place. Kind of uh, every book would go to his warehouse before it would go to bookstores. You know, yeah. It's not like it is today where at Amazon and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but, you know, going through all these businesses, uh, from there I, I, I started working uh, um, in the garbage business sales people that owned my magazine and newspaper company ended up selling their business and they 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 had a, also a garbage business out of the Bronx tough guy you know back yeah, in absolutely. you know in the 90s you're talking about where you know the garbage business yeah you had to really have toughness to you to be in it especially in sales in it uh, it was very um, limited way you could sell how you could sell um it was, uh, there was certain areas you couldn't go past a certain line. That guy's, and then all of a sudden the business changed totally. The yeah. public companies came in, and I did that for a very long time. Like waste started my management own or whatever they're called, brokerage, and started doing cool. that kind of stuff too. Um, and for me, business, I just always try to keep myself ready for opportunity. Yeah, this store. How I came about it is when I met my my wife. Uh, my wife lived in this uh, uh, neighborhood for fifty years. Whitestone. Whitestone for fifty years. 
when I first she says, "Oh, I'll meet you over by the bagel." So you got to. I'm talking instantly coming in this place, and I tasted the bagel. I'm like, "Oh my god, this this yeah. is like how I used to get it at my friend's father's place, like same oven, but all more than that, the owner himself was." Not so much of a character, but a character, but such a nice guy. Yeah. And we really met eye to eye, and we got to get friendly talking about business a little bit, but also about being who you are. Yes. Who you like in sports, you know, your family, and all this kind of stuff. And he always, I felt, respected me in certain businesses. And one of the things I just want to pause right there is talk about is what you just said there. And it's like people get so caught up in the idea or the business or being a partner, even in personal relationships, that they forget to identify and ask the questions about the core values or the character of the human that they're dealing with. So what you just said there is something that you did naturally, but most people don't do anymore. We don't instill it into the world that you need to do a character check. Like it doesn't, you don't need to jump into a relationship. You don't need to jump into a business. You don't need to jump into a venture because it's way harder to get out of it with someone that has bad character than it is to get into it in the first place. So I just want to make note of that just because right now that I see a lot of the consulting I do and stuff like that, that's the number one thing that people don't do. Like, why did you get in business with that person in the first place? Oh, you're having problem with your business because you're having problems at home. Why did you get in that relationship with the fir- in the first place? But it's mainly it all comes down to what's the core value. Oh, it's great. You both liked something at the time or you both had something in common. But what is it that really is going to drive you for the next 40 years? And I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> Anthony uh, Pantaleo, who was my partner, um, he was a a hardworking guy like myself, you know, so I I respected that right away of him. Uh, And through the businesses I started doing, I was able to reach out and start helping him. Yeah. The garbage business right away. I was able to change over his garbage company, save him money there, get him better service there. Um, I started also getting involved with supplies, paper goods, plastic goods, all that kind of stuff. And I was able to start selling them that kind of stuff also. So that's how my relationship, and now we're talking a 30-year relationship almost. Cool. That's how long uh, I've been here, but not here. Okay, I got it. You understand? So, yeah. so over you've the seen years this also of me talking with them, because again, we're looking at this store, and people can't see it through the microphones, yeah. but it's literally three stores wide. So when I originally came here, it was only one store, and a very, very old-fashioned, small uh, box store, but the business and the people that would come were just tremendous. They would, you know, but then Always when you lines. taste the, the product, that's what really took it. Now, through that relationship that I had with Anthony, we always had like this running handshake that if he'd ever sell the store, he would give me first shot at what he needs for the store. Because there was always people coming at him. 
Yeah. He would always tell me, hey, you know, Scotty, this guy offered me this. You think I should say this and that? Like, uh, we would always hold it off. How I eventually got here and started running the store and, and, and you know, and again, at first, I wasn't a partner, you know. Uh, a lot of people see me here and, you know, they think I either bought the business or somehow or another, but really what uh, I did and what my family continues to do here is we work hard Yeah. for what we did. We do it the old-fashioned way. We work hard for it. Yeah. And that's what really got me to be a partner here. Um, I was approached by him originally to get his Fresh Direct going. We do a business, big business, with a company called Fresh Direct. Yeah. Uh, and they approached him and said they wanted him to make a, f- a pack of frozen bagels for them to sell retaily. Because Fresh Direct is the largest online supermarket in the Northeast. Very cool. Um, so when I heard this from him, I'm like, oh, I definitely want to get involved in this. He, and from that, we were partners. We got it going right away about, I would say, maybe about eight, nine years ago, we, we launched it. And today we have about nine different flavors going for it. Cool. So that's what got me going and started getting me involved here. After I got that going, he was like, well, why don't you come help me in the store? Why don't you manage the store or this and that? I was like, oh. Started slowly getting involved with that and just started growing the business. And uh, that's what really has led to here. You know, through the years, there's been so many different changes here. Within the first year and a half, we broke open stores. We yeah. expanded to what you see here. Um, maybe about three years ago, where you know, basically my son was really started getting involved in this place. We built another extension. Uh, basically, when the pandemic hit, um, and you know, again going back, we this place was always very old fashioned. It didn't have delivery. Uh, it hardly ever picked up the phone because <laughs> it was that busy. It didn't have a menu. Yeah. Couldn't hand out a menu for it. So there was so much for me to get here that was like so untouched. Um, it was raw. It, it was so raw that. Uh, so many possibilities. Yeah, and there was I so ta- much. And so, I want to talk about this too because it often does take years of just building the brand around the product initially before you can take those steps like you have to build before you can scale and you're a scaler right and the the anthony i believe is his name wasn't a scaler isn't a scaler he's more of a builder he built something that built a very strong foundation that you could expand and do other things with so i think that that's important to understand that there's builders and there's scalers there's builders and scalers but very clearly you had in mind that you could scale this business because it had been had the foundation yes tremendous <laughs> tremendous it like you know like I, I i heard you say something on on a podcast about lightning yeah and a bottle and then catching the lightning in the bottle yeah and this place was always lightning 
Yeah. It just never could capture the light. Exactly. Yet you nailed it. And it's exactly that. It's really what's here. (sighs) When I first came here, he only sold sodas at one price because he was afraid the guys couldn't remember all the prices. You know, so it it was that roar. And um, now where we are today, it's just it's it's just building so much um, from people like yourself and multi, uh, you know, the the media out there. um, uh, This Instagram and uh, these TikToks and all this stuff, it's. And, and it's tremendous, you know, for a, a business owner. Yeah. Um, but what's important also is to have the ability to have a young son, or if it's a young daughter, whatever. But but a f- someone who that you could trust in it and and be able to grow it. Go He's grow with it the phenomenal. way it is. Dad. I mean, I I kind of started it originally, but. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. Yeah, of course, none uh, of us took do. It over and and it, it, it to just unbelievable heights. Those two things, when you talk about foundation, it being there, and then, like you're saying, scaling the business, and then going with this uh, surge of this multimedia behind it. You know, look, the pandemic was not something that I wish on anybody. I'm sure several people have died that you may know or I may know. And, you know, a good friend of mine couldn't even see his father die in the hospital. Yeah. You know. So you got to go through stuff like that. But the pandemic, for us, we just surged through it. Yeah. Um, and it was, it's still going on. Uh, you know, supply and demand uh, is still happening. But this place, I think, has took on even more so since three years ago. Yeah. To our neighborhood. Yeah. To the people around us, uh, the people, the families we fed here. Yeah. It's it's really been a whole. Absolutely, and I didn't know we were going to get here organically. But I'm going to pause you right there because I haven't told Jesse this, and I've been tempted to pull the trigger to tell him. But as I was reaching out to people in Queens about the podcast since we were going to be here, Jesse had already reached out to some of them, and one of them said, "Oh yeah, I heard about it." Jesse reached out to me. Whatever he said, and then they said, "All they said is Utopia Bagel equals Beacon of Hope." And I was like, huh, why would that was so random? What do you mean? I was like, what do you mean? Like, you know, you reply to it and you can hook the link or whatever. I just learned about this. So it's fascinating to me at 43 years old. I'm like, oh, my God, I learned something new on Instagram. It's not the cool reels thing, though, but it's the (laughs) other thing. And um, he said to me that they stayed open 24-7 for their not 24-7. They stayed open seven days a week to their normal schedule through COVID no matter what when everyone else closed down. And they gave everyone in the food business a beacon of hope that it could be done and they did it as a family, okay? And so um, I'm gonna bring the person on the podcast eventually and then they'll, all, they can tell who said it to you guys eventually. But I just wanna pass that on to you because I wasn't going to actually bring it up. I was going to have a side conversation. I wasn't sure I was going to bring on the podcast because I'm actually a person I could share it with you guys. But I think that that's 
very important for you guys to know. I think that there's other people that are your competitors. And I put quotes up, guys, since you can't see because we're on audio with my hands. That actually think the world of you guys. That even though you're in the same space, they just saw you guys as such a beacon of hope. Particularly Jesse and the way he reaches out and sees people as equals regardless of competition. And so I just think that what you said is important because I'm going to anchor it to it's who your character is. And it's the character you instilled in your son, right? And it's the character you and your wife have when I walked in here. She's the first person I met. I didn't know that that's who I was meeting, but she was the most wonderful person to meet. And I mentioned I'm here for Jesse. She knew exactly who I was because everyone in here knows that I was coming in because that's the way you guys communicate. So I think that that's really cool. So um, I just want to pause there for a second. I want to branch over to Jesse. And I want to ask him, does he know, do you know that you're this type of person that you share this energy with the community? Do you know that you have an energy with the individuals you meet and that you give them hope in a way? Um, I think, I think I definitely do know that I have that energy. I think my father and my mother both have that energy as well. And just as a family, we definitely bring people kind of to see themselves as who they are maybe when they're questioning themselves on whether or not what they're doing is the right thing yeah and they would reach out to us for advice or just try and speak with us i think after our conversations with them they can really go back home and look in the mirror and say i'm doing the right thing or i need to change things so i think it is more of just a beacon of hope i think it goes on to their life in general and just advice and being true to themselves and just showing that their path that they're on is the right path. And I think as far as the beacon of hope, hope in a way leads to success because if you're hoping for something, you're kind of manifesting it, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you're manifesting your goals, they're gonna happen, you're gonna get it done, you're gonna follow through. And I think that's the biggest thing when you make these connections with people is when you follow through with them, they really respect that. Exactly. And if you just leave it on a high buy basis, you're not going to get into the deeper conversations of what you need to do to make things happen. So when you're reaching back out and you're following up, and I'm going to give a shout out actually to this this mentor of mine that I'm very close with. His name is Steve LaBelle, big music producer. Um, he lives out in L.A. now, but I watched one of his videos and, and he was mentoring a group of his his students saying follow up if you're questioning to follow up follow up if you're thinking about following up follow up if you don't know whether you should follow up follow up yeah because if you don't you're going to stay where you are and if you don't follow up you're not going to know what could have happened and i agree with you on this and especially with the world today no one follows up on their instagram or their social media or their email or telephone call or text we message. We could go back to us. Yeah. Our podcast originally was supposed to be maybe six, seven months before. Yeah. And we just never got to it. Yeah. And I reached back out to you and I followed up. Exactly. And he look where up. we are today. You exactly. came from Nashville. We're interviewing three <laughs> yeah. people today. And yeah. We're just going on with it. Yeah. And that's what it is because like, and I find this in the world. If I say I'm going to show up for you, I'm going to be there. And people are so shocked. Justin, you're not like everyone else. You show up. What do you mean? People don't show up. 
Like, and this is the thing that starts to differentiate everyone is this discipline and this commitment that we were talking about, which hope is that it's someone showing consistency and leading by example consistently in a way that gives people a hope, which is them manifesting that they can have what you have. And that brings it back into Utopia Bagels. We showed up every day throughout the pandemic when that union worker that had to wake up during the pandemic or that nurse that had to go work a 5 a.m. shift during the pandemic and they needed to get a coffee, they knew they could come here. They didn't look up on Google. Are they still open? They knew they were still open. Exactly. And think about, and this is hitting the gas, guys, like in the audience. Like disaster means hit the gas, okay? It means while everyone else is panicking, that's the time to get your ship together and hit the gas. And that's what we're talking about here. And we're seeing a lot of this in the entrepreneur space, the entrepreneurs that had the core values that were like Scott, that went through life hard knocks going through careers and jobs and just learning a lot of diverse skill sets and business skills, but also in a rebellious entrepreneurial type of way, like he just was never satisfied. And I would say that that's pretty accurate. Well, you're that's... you're unsatisfiable. I would I can just see it in you, even Always with how much way. fun you're having. But at the same time, yeah. it's being never satisfied, but also never being greedy. Exactly. Enough to take it all at once. Yeah. Slowly progressing, knowing what you could take, knowing what other people could take. Don't reach for the whole pie. Take a slice. Come back for more. Yeah. Well, and that's really what it, one it, thing. it is is that he builds everyone up and brings everybody with him. One of the workers here, Pablo, who I work with in the front, has always said that when my husband, Scotty, came on board, he brought him and his family up. And that was one thing with the pandemic. He didn't want all these families not to have work. Yeah. You know, we we have like almost 50 workers, you know, and they have all families. And yeah. You know, we're a family here with everyone. And just to keep everyone else going is, you know. And, like, this is where, to me, a separation happens. One of the separations between sole proprietors or business people and entrepreneurs. And it's, it's what you just said, and it's what we were just talking about. And it's what you've instilled in your son also, which is that, your dream has to be big enough to fit everyone else's dreams in, in, in them. And that means yeah. the consistency and the discipline to make sure that they always happen. There are no rest days yeah. when it comes I mean, to fulfilling Jesse dreams. Jesse also has followed my husband's footsteps. I mean, Eddie, who was just here, who has broken his hand. I mean, he's a staple here. He's one of the guys. He's like grandfathered in. He's been here like 22 years. And my son helped him and my husband helped him throughout his life, lent him money for his apartment when he couldn't work. We, you know, stuck by him when he wasn't even able to work and provided a home and food for him until he was able to come you back. You met a and woman, Maria, that lived with us for yes. a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. from Venezuela. From Venezuela yeah. to come here, Most you know. Most people aren't willing to make those sacrifices to make it work. I agree with you, invite people into your home, <clears throat> uh, be a part of your family. I mean, everyone in here is part of your family. I see the way they look at you. I see the way they talk about it. I see that they all know that I was coming, and they're very respectful towards me and who I am. And it just shows why your business is successful. I don't know how to say it. And I'm not talking about successful financially. I, I see 
that you're building a company here and I see that there's financial success that's happening and I want to be careful because I don't want to say it's successful in that way because I think you have a long way to go. But what I want to talk about the success that actually makes a business of value, um, that means if you're going to sell it or it's, it's actually valuable enough to generate real revenue like you guys are doing. And it comes down to the spirit of the business. The cliche term is culture, but it's not. It's wrong, in my opinion. And I've used it before, but and I've never talked about it on the podcast, but always internally in the businesses and people that pay me a lot of money to consult, it's actually about a spirit. And a spirit exists amongst the leaders in the business that drive the spirit into the business, okay? And in family businesses in particular that, 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 act on high energy like you guys um, that are few and far between actually the individuals that are surrounded by your business and the business that grows is actually to your point which is we just work hard it's not about being the most intelligent necessarily Mm -hmm. well I, I take that back it's not about being the smartest but it's about being the most intelligent in that you don't know anything your mind's always changing and you're always asking questions and I think that that's really important what's going on here is that you were able to adapt, you were able to do things because there was no other choice but to take care of everyone. And when you focus on building humans or growing humans, things start to take care of themselves. And when you instill it in another generation and both parents do it, so you're both builders, you're both growers, I can tell, you're both very involved in humans, and then you have a son that's now compounded that, and hopefully he meets someone whose parents did the same thing and compound that legacy. That's how real generational wealth is built, not just money. We're talking about values and success and generational thing, and you look at great families and really great leaders, but you have to look at the rear view mirror and the mirror after them to truly know if they were great, or not mirror, whatever was in the front view and, and the rear view. Um, before and after them because the legacy matters and you guys can see that here so I don't mean to get off on a tangent but I think it's important for the audience to know that there's been focus here in this in him right like it's not like this was just like we're gonna do this like there's real focus in growing Jesse as a human that was a well-rounded human that could be his own person and gain his own value in the world correct? I think what what one of the things that keep me and my wife together and going is that we come from families that want to, their kids to do better. You know? Um, and I, I don't think there's anything more important between me and my wife for our children to do better than we're doing. Yeah. It, it, it's always been something within our hearts I know that that is very concerning to us uh, I'm very happy that my son was is able to come into my business and we're able to keep growing a business together uh, as I'm going up in life you never you, you know those opportunities aren't always there Available. yeah but no matter what business I was in no matter where we are in our lives we're, we were always doing for our children. Yeah, know? and it's, that's it's the important a, thing. It's a uh, yeah. Um, and our I, children, I, our family, the community. We both um, always had big hearts. Always wanted to help. Um, I think we instilled that in Jesse, 
and it's you know it's a family it's it's consistency it's you know those core values of of wanting everyone to do well and be good and feel good and you know prosper and health yeah and I just think it's so great that you guys did it and Jesse has and he's so young because there's so many young people that we don't instill core values in anymore and the parenting we pass it on to someone else and we just think someone else is going to do it for us and and so I, I just wanted to tie this to this because as we talk about this story, I want to talk about how Jesse gets involved in the business. And I want to talk about why you bring him in. How do you make this choice? Because some people are like, I don't want family members involved in the business. Or, and Jesse's very strong-headed, I can tell. Like, yes. he's, just, yes. he's don't get in his way. Like, I have my yes. dreams and we're going to get this done and no one's going to stand in my way. And I relate to yeah. him a lot in that way. You know? Yes. I think today's businesses that are really succeeding, that are, when we talk about family-run businesses, take the elder having some trust and in the you use younger. the word elder. I like this. Go on. Because I've seen so many businesses crash and burn from the younger just not carrying the weight of the elder yeah being on the coattail and and just taking advantage of a a tremendous situation yeah and i've seen several businesses slow up and then all of a sudden now they're doing a lot better because of the younger getting involved and the ability of the elder to let it evolve too yeah Uh, jesse uh was always uh, at an early age helping out here, especially when we were doing Fresh Direct, and he would help pack at times. And but it, he was going to school too. He was Jesse was a professional, going to try to be a professional baseball player. He 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 played college baseball, won a city championship in high school, played in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, it was yeah. like one of the greatest moments Mom, of my life. So. Uh, you know, he wore 23 on first base yeah. at Yankee oh, Stadium. Don Mattingly's yeah. number, Never you know, it was like a tremendous... Yeah, oh my gosh, tremendous. I forgot about that. It was Don Mattingly's yeah, number. It was tremendous seeing his number on his back. Oh my gosh, it takes me and, back. You know, <laughs> in Yankee Stadium. And, and the most amazing thing about my son, he wasn't the oldest there. He was probably one of the youngest. He was co-captain. But he was by far the calmest. There you go. He was able to calm down everybody. He's a leader. And they won 3-2. There was bases be loaded with one out. And the youngest on the team. And with no outs in the last inning for the other team. They had yeah. bases loaded. And there was a situation where he just walked over to the pitcher and just, yeah. you know, he, he, that's what he, he has within him in that sense. And I want to pause you right there also, and I will let you go on. The composure thing is the thing why I said, Jesse, I will mentor you. He didn't ask me. I said, I will volunteer to do it because it's an important thing because I know what it is. I've had it myself in soccer, the ability to calm everyone down during a crisis or when bullets are flying, you have the ability to say, okay, what's going on here? And it doesn't matter if they're whizzing by. Life suddenly slows down. It's the weirdest thing. Like your heart rate drops. And I don't know why. 
but parenting has a lot to do with it making probably him a little uncomfortable growing up constantly probably helped out a lot and so there's things like that but i want to identify it because it is the thing that makes a leader it's not the guy who's the loudest it's not the guy who's making the biggest play it's the person that can lead in the crisis when it, everyone's so uncomfortable they don't know what to do. And so let's and talk. I'll let you go that. on. And well, so I just want to really hit that note because we don't talk about composure very much or equanim- equanimity, which is the composure in a crisis, basically. He had it at a very early age. I remember we were on vacation in California and um, we had a house that had an elevator in it. And my youngest daughter, Alexa, got stuck in the elevator and was crying. And I was on top, freaking out, pushing the button. And Jesse was like, Mom, I got it. Don't worry. And he, like, ran down the stairs and pushed the button on the bottom. And the elevator (laughs) came down and she came out. It's like, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's just always calm, (laughs) you know. You know. I, I, Even in sports, yeah, like no, he, he in he sports playing, he was uh, always football. Remember yeah. in Bleecker yeah. that he had that one moment where he lost his cool, and and he didn't realize he he had like five minutes because it was like yes, in the flag football, yes. yeah, uh, and then he was like, oh, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> it just slows down, like you said. It, it just he's what? calm. Yeah. Everything what? else is hectic, but he's calm. <laughs> I, I think also within business where it's important, um, I think for me and for my wife, we're, we're leaders. Yes. And the trust that he has in us to be leaders gives him that ability to be calm. Now... You'll catch me any day on the front lines taking orders with people if that's what's needed. Absolutely. If what's needed is baking, I'm going to be baking. If there's needed to me to do orders for the, to get supplies, I'm going to be doing that. Servant so leadership all the way. I'm not a yeah. finger pointer, nor is his mother a finger pointer. Yeah. And those, again, foundations have given him that opportunity to be that way. When you say like there's a lot of screaming going on and this because I'm not as calm as him. Yeah. Now I'm going to get you through that fire screaming, but I'm not as calm as him. Of course. You know. Um, but it does take those combinations to make a business thrive. Yeah, you know it's important to 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 have that, and yeah. and always to build that team. Yeah, there there's a very big it's importance very important. of building that team. She, she talks about this gentleman Pablo, uh, who uh, when I first Amazing. came here, you know, was kind of like a co-manager in this, but it's so important to give people responsibilities. And to rely on those things. Exactly. Whether it's the people working for you Absolutely. or whether it's the people that are repairing things and for you. And that's what he's done with Jesse, too. He's yeah. given him a lot of responsibility at a young age. Yeah. And he's let him make those mistakes or not make those mistakes. You know, 
and he's giving him shit when he does make the mistake. <laughs> and I always say, you know, he's young. You're giving him a lot of responsibility. Yeah. But, you know, he can handle it. And, and he grows from that. And yeah. and he helps the elders. <laughs> he takes that weight off because yeah. it's a lot. It's, a, you know, it's overwhelming. It's frustrating. It's Yeah. And I do like the word elder because it doesn't necessarily mean a parent or that you're demanding respect. An elder is someone who gives wisdom. And it doesn't necessarily mean they have to be in control. And there's a chief and there's often elders and there's often younger generations. And somewhere in there, they're all leading and for the benefit of a community. And so when you use the word elder, I just want to anchor that word also because I think it's important because it implies wisdom. It, and, and, can, and carrying the weight and needing the second generation being able or the next generation being able to trust them to carry the weight and the wisdom and being able to listen and learn from that because there's a huge trust I feel like that happens when both parties are able to listen to each other's ideas and you know you're able to hear the new technology and new ideas from a younger generation but you're also able to anchor it particularly in food because 20 years in the food business, you've been in it roughly long enough to understand the ups and downs that happens uh, for the most part. But if you've only been in it for eight years, I'm going to say probably not long enough yet because every so many eight to 10, 12 years, you end up with weird disasters and you need to go through about two of them to really understand what the hell is going on. I would definitely agree with those statements. (laughs) Yeah. And so, I mean, I wouldn't have said that after before COVID. Now that I've gone through COVID and I've been through like three crises, 9-11, the financial crisis and that, I would say, yeah, there's, you have to go through it. I don't know how else to put it because the yeah. food business changed so rapidly every time. I and Jesse's ability to pick up the internet during all of it and the reels and learn at such a rapid rate, that's the other thing I can relate to him. He's a little bit of dog on a bone. Once he gets something in his head, he's not going to let it go. And that includes marketing or the branding we see around here. Like, it's all tied together. The biggest part of that was ownership. Yeah. Uh, Again, about being responsible, but he owns it. Yes. He owns that media niche of this business. And, you know. You always want to, as a father, whatever, you always want the assignment or you're looking at it. But at one point, I said to myself, let him just run it. Yeah. You're going to be much better off. You don't got to get involved. Let him answer everything. Uh, you know, there was one time, I, I, never, I tell the story all the time, but there was a very big, he put on a post or whatever. And there was this one, uh, and she's a really nice woman. Uh, great uh, exercise uh, like guru uh, on the Instagram, uh, Jen Seltzer and she responded to a post of ours and me and my wife are in bed I'm like wow, look at this this girl has 13,000 followers <laughs> and More I'm like that. I hit it, I'm like no that's not 13,000, it's 13 million yeah. and she responded to us, you know, so I type back i says oh you know maybe you would like to try our bagels you know let us know all of a sudden my son boom in case what are you doing you can't write to these people they you're not even spelling right you know (laughs) (laughs) 
So, you know, from those things on, I was like, you know what? It's better yeah. off Jesse runs these things. I know. I still don't understand the rules and regulations. Everyone's like, you can't like your own post. I'm like, why not? I'm my, I'm my own biggest fan. Don't exactly. you know this by now? Like, what's going on? Like, they're like, oh, God, what, who is this guy? I'm like, come on. If I'm, I, no one's going to believe in my dream bigger than me. Like my own post, you know? But it's like, it's that kind of cliche thing that I think. Um, that we just don't understand. But one of the things we do understand as elders or a generation is we understand how important character is in, in the building and, and leading and in it, when it comes to business or sports or whatever like that. And it's not, everyone doesn't understand that. And I say this because like, I'm in a weird transition in my life. And one of the things I'm really looking at is like, I don't have children of my own and I've, I have two stepchildren from a previous relationship, but I'm really like, what is it that two people come together and they produce the great children of the world? And and it's not like, please don't take this the wrong way. But I think that when two humans like you guys have the right mindsets or, um, or, or my parents like really drove things into me like habits and discipline, that greatness happens. And there's still things you have to work out as an individual because we have our own individual things. But I just think what you two have been able to do with such intent and purpose has just been so phenomenal and I feel like it's been a conversation always it's something you guys came to the table with Um, and I just think I need to anchor that for any entrepreneur that's young or trying to get into a relationship or wanting a family member to eventually take over a business that how important it is that you're instilling these values or having this agreement as a couple from day one so I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about that? How much do you guys talk about Jesse on a regular basis in the business <laughs> and stuff like that? Because, I mean, it's probably been always, but I think parenting is one thing. Now, parenting and an entrepreneurial business and then parenting a super entrepreneur kid is like... It's it, a, a whole nother level. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times... It was organic. Um, I would kind of feel him out and see what he was doing and kind of went with it, you know. Um, I let him experience things as a child. I didn't hold him back. I was open. I wasn't closed. Yeah. You know, and... um, You know, I think though as a parent, when you talk about parenting this... You really have to work on yourself. There, that's what I was. It's so important. Like <laughs> I, I tell, you know, I joke about it, or I tell other parents, the one thing you can do for your child, and there's very little that you can tell them or, or direct, is you can pick them up when they fall. Yeah, it's the worst. And you need to be ready if they fall. Yeah, you have to work hard at yourself and uh, provide for yourself, provide for your family, so that if they do fall, you're there to pick them up. Yeah. Um, You know, we have four children. Jesse's, you know, our second youngest. Our only son. We just became (laughs) grandparents. Grandparents. Yeah. (laughs) My oldest daughter, our oldest daughter had twins. Yeah. uh, A week and a half ago. Boy and a girl. So. Congratulations. uh, Thank you. And. So blessed. Like my oldest daughter, uh, she used to work for BuzzFeed. She was like the original person who got like our first big 
video done. Yeah, That's awesome. the BuzzFeed. Yeah. We did the From Worth Fat. It show. That's right. It really brought all of Flushing into Whitestone. You know, uh, Flushing is a huge Asian market. Yeah. Um, and we would have uh, that community come here, but once that video came out, the. Yeah. Uh, the An Asian influx, yeah. People we just came w- tremendously to our store. Yeah. From that the one marketing video. From one that. of the, the uh, announcers of that show is an Asian guy, and he has tremendous following. Uh, it became one of our sandwiches we made. Yeah. It. It's the probably our it. most yeah. popular sandwich here. And, uh, it's you from know, that show. My second, uh, our second daughter is a school teacher, privately, uh, uh, private school, school teacher. What she does kindergarten or pre? She does pre-K. Pre-K. Yeah. Horace Mann. You know. So our youngest daughter goes to FIT. You know, they're all great children. You know, um, and they all have their own individual talents. Ex- explains why Jesse needed composure, being <laughs> surrounded by three sisters. <laughs> now we know where it came from. <laughs> but he had a lot of structure. In the yeah. sense of business and working hard, yeah, from all cores of his family, I'd have yeah. to say, yeah, his, his older sisters, sisters are, are a hard, big yeah. part of their, absolutely, big part of that, um, and you know, no matter what is, where we've been in our lives, again, our main focus is to work on our family, yeah, and that's, you know, it 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 exists here too. Within our inner family of our workers, yeah, it's it's something you know. One of so the things of the I tell so many workers here are families. We have you know husband and wives. We have you know brothers, sisters, yeah. sons. A lot moms of businesses shed away from that. Know. I know, I know. They I don't understand. I don't understand yeah, it. You want they they are reliable and accountable to each other. That's yeah. what that's the best workers it's, you can have. And they spread the word in their neighborhood and their yeah. families. They're and amazing. They become and family and themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And one family, thing about, yeah. I've always instilled in our in our workers it, it's to make somebody next to you better. Yeah. It's an important thing that I always tell everyone. No matter how what you do, and always you lead touched by on example. it also earlier. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to learn. Yeah. You know, those are Want important parts. And there's no I in team. It's very important. That's how you build a family. That's how you build a family with business. And so how do you instill those core values? Because, like, they're not posted anywhere. Like, a lot of businesses By now post them. And yeah. how do you just... I mean, you're a, you're a parent, but you're basically really a leader and a grower of humans at this point because your your visionary thread in your life is an entrepreneur and a parent. So at, that by just the sheer nature of the beast, you're a grower and builder of humans. It, it's it. Listen, you got to be honest with people. You got to be there for people. Uh, this place has made me want to work every single day. There you go. Not that I. I want to work every day, but the need for me to be here every day is important. Um, and it, all the things you're saying, it comes from doing. Yeah. Actual doing. Doing it better, doing it faster, doing it cleaner, caring about the next person more, and also standing up for them. 
know? Yes, that we, is we hugely live in a world today where no one stands up people, for each other. Especially a lot of my workers are minorities. Uh, that yeah. they will certain people will put them down. Yeah, uh, you know, and it, listen, you want to treat your customers the best you can, but this day and age people really at times take advantage of your workers yes and i've never seen anything as bad as that's going on right now actually it's 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 a, it's a horrible at times but listen if every business is good and bad you got to let it go at times but uh, I, I it's like you're saying it's it's yeah, it's gotten worse. It's, yeah, gotten, it's gotten worse. worse. We're it. less tolerant, I would say, and less patient. Like, there were times during the pandemic, we had the glass up, yeah. we had the mask on, and the lady would say, well, she has an attitude. Through a mask, you're asking for a bagel, and they got an attitude. It's like, how does that happen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just like, Well, she looked weird at me through her eyes. I'm like, what? I know, and that's the problem with a mask. You can't even see someone's expression. Like, it's just eyes. Like, no one can... Like, my eyes don't smile. They just... It's just impossible, right? So, I'm going to ask the next question um, as we start to wrap up this episode, which is, like, what happens... Have you thought about what happens as, at some point, Jesse's going to want to be the leader like right <laughs> like and at some point he's gonna want to be the man in charge it's just the nature of who he is and he's on that trajectory this is his business at some point not that everyone doesn't own it but just based on who he is one day he's gonna be like dad why won't you give me control like how are you going to like how do you handle that situation because uh, <laughs> it is who he is right yeah listen i i've given him a lot of control um i think he's i i, I can't say totally just earned it yes he's earned it um uh, but he more than earned it he's owned it again i'm gonna use that word again he's owned it yeah so when these I think, I think when he feels when my husband feels he's ready and it's the right time it's going to happen whether it's five years from now <laughs> I'm hoping five years from now <laughs> or a little bit longer it's gonna happen yeah. That's our goal, and that's, um, that's I mean, definitely would, in the it, future. It's the vision. I just wonder, because we talked about elder, at some point you can still be an elder and he could be the chief. I just wonder, because I, families have a lot of trouble with this transition, I think. And I ask, because he is a well, blazer. You know, and there, there's so many different levels in this business that you're cool. sitting in that... Um, I don't, five years, I don't think that's in the realm of, yes, to, to take steps back or do less uh, or enjoy life more. Um, yeah, those are all out there, but there's certain things that are involved in this business that it's the right thing to me being involved. And he doesn't need to take over, but he knows about those things also. Because there's just, we have diversified our business so much. Yeah. Um, between retail, 
between uh, nationwide delivery yeah. of Gold Belly, uh, between the northeast of wholesale retail. So there's so many aspects of it that it just takes too many people to take care of it. I agree with you. So in a lot of sense, it would be smart to just say, oh, hey, Jess, you got it all. It's there's, you know, my partner who who day to day really is not involved at all. Yeah. But there are things he takes care of that I need being taken care of. Yeah. Um, so even t- if I was him, there's still things to do. Yeah. You understand? Um, and I think those are important to keep the mind fresh also. Yes. Um, you know, as you get older, I have s- several friends of mine who actually come, have a guy that'll fix things around here. He's in his late 70s. I call him like my handyman. You know, there's a, an, an older gentleman that kind of helps straighten out the front with my wife towards the end of the day, helps her with the registers. And I really see that it's important, being an elder, it's important to keep in touch with your business. Of course. You know, um, and I'm only hoping that when you talk about him being 22 and so head knocking that as time goes on it will get easier yeah and that's what i hope for almost every day yeah sometimes that's what drives us bouncing off each other harder because of that hope every day yeah you know i agree with you um i do want to say this though that i don't think that I want to set an expectation, I think, just as someone who's very like Jesse, that I don't think it's ever going to get easier for Jesse. <laughs> like, I just want to, because he chases hardship, that's part of what makes him so special. And I think that, um, I agree with you, that's what you want. You want it easier. And I agree, and I'm not telling, but I just think that part of the weird thing that we have to accept sometimes is that our children or these entrepreneurs or these spirits are just leading a life of hardship and it and they purposely like keep pushing himself i mean we see how much he's taking on and he's pushing the business and we see how much it is and it's still not enough for him right so i just and i'm not saying it because i'm being disagreeable i'm just saying it because one of the things that makes him special is because he likes the uncomfortness and he likes the uncomfortable feeling that it, the greatness that comes out of it. And I think that for Jesse, it's weirdly about that uncomfort and how hard it is. And the more hard it is for him to achieve something, the harder he works at it. And it's just the craziest thing. And I respect that about him because I can relate to that. And so yes we always want to make it easier but at the same time it's like what do you do with someone who lives off of hardship yeah well i you know one of the battles at times we have is that how hard he wants to go forward yeah now when you talked to me earlier about scale yeah it's it was always a core of how i grew this place yeah i never put too much on everybody's place 
before we were at Thanksgiving. Already. Yes, there you, know, you go. And, and to me, it was always important to maintain a certain amount of business before you go forward. Yeah. And I've done that. Now, he's already put in that moderation into the engine. <laughs> you know, he bought an engine that goes 600, but no, he wants it to go 720. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it scares me. Yeah. Um, because I, I do feel, you know, business can be lost at the most busiest time. Yes, that's always true. And um, I, I feel though that we diversified so much in it, kind of covering it a little bit, but it scares me about him when he drives it that fast. Because he hasn't been like, even though he's been through COVID, it's not you the say same. Eight as, years isn't enough. Yeah, so that's where I'm. That's where I'm getting to. Also, it's like the hardship is there, and but. He needs a lot more of it yet before, like, there's the easy part of where life, the decisions become easier, I would say. Or the, the confidence is there to make the decisions with ease, which I think is what you're talking about. And I think that it's 100% that. It's just, like, at some point you realize you can't drive 700 miles an hour in a 55-mile-per-hour zone, like, you just have to moderate your way through it consistency and sometimes the tortoise does win the race and not the hare and i think that you're right about that and i think that the hardship then becomes is being able to mentally have the toughness to regulate yourself from what the difference is between what actually needs to be done and what's wanted which you display now because you've been through the hard knocks which i display now because i've been through the hard knocks which is composure but it's at an elder level because we have the experience, right? And so that's where I wanted to take it full circle where even though there's the hardship and he's chasing and he's headstrong, there's still the part that the food business is a long-term business. Oh, yeah. And it's a tangible thing and people have got to like the product and one bad mistake can really cost your whole business, especially during the good times. In the bad times, people are forgiving. In the good times, there's 10 other people out there because it's yep. so good anyone can do a bagel, yeah. potentially, and just buy it wholesale. So it's just not – it's a bad example, but I'm just saying that it's how you deal with those times that matter. And and one of the things I like that you said when we were talking about uncomfortable is that businesses can be lost in the good times, which yeah. means there needs to be keeping in check in the growth and the things that help you push beyond it. And that only – maturity understands i don't know how else to put it i wouldn't have said it 20 years ago if you asked me but now i understand especially with the losses that i've had more so the losses than anything else that what works today what got me to the top of the mountain yesterday doesn't get me to the top of mountain no, today not that, that skill uh, and just because reels work today all of a sudden they don't work two it's years from now <laughs> and i know it's hard for people to believe but it's literally like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that I think that as I get a lot of entrepreneurs and I use Jesse sort of as an example and you as parents as an example, yes, you want to do that. And yes, you want to get and you hope the kid can run the business, but it becomes whether or not 
necessarily not timing because you could have a plan but it's necessarily when they've gone through those bumps in the road and when they've happened in the world both in your business and outside your business that have affected your business that you can judge whether they can handle and people don't get it it's like oh i build it into a million dollars no 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 that's not what i'm judging on it's what happens when we drop to five hundred thousand dollars and it was a shit storm and you had to keep everyone's spirits and you we had to freaking eat spaghetti seven times a week because we were making sure everyone needed food on their table and that's where the character is and I think we can learn all the businesses we want and I've learned this myself but for a parent to actually pass on something to us it's about being able to support what you've built during the worst times and show the character during those times and not the ambition and the the stuff like that so um I think Jesse's a phenomenal human, but I just want to touch on that, that ambition can be blinding. And there's always a fall off at some point. It's just the way life is. And the faster we move with technology, the faster those fall offs come. So I'm going to ask one more question because I, I just want to do this. What is it that you hope, you guys hope, I know what Jesse hopes, that where the Jesse hopes the business goes eventually and what he's doing, but where do you guys hope the business goes? Like, is it a national business? I know you're doing so well. Like, what are the next steps? Because you don't really need brick and mortars necessarily or, because you are have a footprint, or I is mean, it brick so and many people have come and approached us about, oh, maybe a brick and mortar. <sighs> You know, at times I've, I've, uh, I, I feel right now we keep building our brand. Okay. Um, we, or I was, building a store. You know, to get to this point where we possibly could build a brand. Yes. It's a big difference. So, um, I think because. You know, you can't put it too far out where you want it to be. Because, hey, I could say, yeah, I'd love it to franchise all over the United States. Or I would love for our frozen bagels to be carried nationally wide. But I think where I see us is that we keep building our brand as a household name further than where we are today and do you guys know that you all agree on this do you guys talk about this as a family um, how often do you talk strategy as a family uh, i now think that me and my son have different you know looks at things uh, of uh in that ca- sense of but you both agree on the building the brand right that now. that we agree on okay. tremendously um uh, and we have a lot of different things still that are are involved in this place that haven't come yeah. out even yet. Yeah. There's certain things that were involved in that just haven't taken off yet. Um, there's of a, course. Um, a company that we, we work with called Wonder. Uh, they have uh, literally food trucks that are like Uber. Yeah. So you call the food truck to your house and they make food. Really? So we're That's involved cool. in them, but we just haven't been brought out in that business yet. So Holy there's so crap. many different. It's it's kind of not franchising. It's kind of like licensing. Yeah. Um, and so we haven't really even 
advanced there yet, but we're involved in, in something yeah. like that. Um, but building our brand, I think we're both co- we're we're all committed to. Um, whether it's getting all our cups with our our brand, mm-hmm. uh, we were just in City Field over this over the baseball season. You know, getting involved with leaders in the industry. You know, I ne- I never thought we would be with Major League Baseball and Coca Cola and Utopia Bagels. Yeah. You know, those things I think are where we're reaching for or trying to brand out who we are. I know we have the product for it. Uh, we've done it on multi levels, whether it's just coming out of our oven or literally wholesaling it frozen for retail. Yeah. Uh, I think, not that I think, I know we have an amazing product. Um, and that's where the foundation of this store is, the, that great product. And we haven't shied from it also. It's uh, quality has never stopped us from doing what we have to do. Quality has always been first and foremost of what we do. Cool. Did you want to say something, Jesse? I know you were creeping up on the mic. Did you have something you wanted to add to it? I think that when people think of Utopia Bagels, they definitely think of quality first, and that's something that he touched upon, and I think that that's the image that we need to push out because a lot of these brands nowadays they get caught up in expanding too fast they kind of forget about the quality it falls behind them and it becomes sort of secondary and when it reaches that point it's it's a little scary because it could fall from underneath them like a carpet getting pulled out yeah and you need to be careful when you're pushing along that you still do check up on the product I know on the previous podcast we had Mike on talking about the pizza and you know sometimes he doesn't send out his dough if he feels like it's not ready to be sent out yeah and while that could be extreme i think you still need to bring that ideology into your everyday business and showing quality does come first here and that gets you your repeat customers that gets you your customers from other areas and that gets you friends and family of those customers to come back they're sharing your product you know, you don't want to be a destination. You want to be a memory and a brand. Yeah. And I just want to point out to the audience that Utopia is actually the name of the street you guys are on. It's not all, It's not just like you're the Utopia Bagels. It's just... <laughs> but the name, to me as an outsider and hearing the stories, I tied it more to the definition of Utopia than the name of the street you're on. Just so you guys are where... Uh, the power of the branding and and anyone who doesn't know doesn't know that it's the street so it's just an interesting thing that the name is that and what you guys do and the energy that you guys have and, and a great place to work and obviously it's not all butterfly that and rainbows taking over more than the street name. yeah yeah well, exactly what you touch like i even for our for our workers we have again about 50 workers you know how many problems come to the store from all 50 families every day? So I try to tell all the workers, when you come here, put it on a shelf. I need your problems. Mm. That's what Utopia is. Yeah. You can put your stuff on the shelf 
and work hard for your family and bring that utopia back to them. Not about the utopia bagel or about the street. It's about being in this pure utopia yeah. to work. And I think there's such purpose here. And this is gonna and I said I was gonna be my last one, but I just wanna touch upon this and then I'm gonna wrap up the episode is there's such purpose in here. And you you guys touched upon it, which is the community and the drive to be leaders and stuff like that. So can you just can you touch upon me your guys' purpose, like as individuals, real quick, and maybe your purpose as a couple? Like, and we touched upon it, but I just want to again cement it for the audience as we wrap up the episode. Yeah. Well, one of the the tremendous things I saw here was the generations of people that would come. Yeah, you would see a grandparent come with his grandchild. You would see the the mother come with the grandparent you would see the great grandparent and to me that was always such a big sense of what I had to keep going here yeah and I think it's something that we also in we instill in our children too it's important to have your family it's important get and back to, to the community pay it forward it's so important to show gratitude to be humble to be appreciative to you know twice a week we feed food kitchens we have people come after we wrap up all our bagels and give it out to food kitchens once a week we do stuff for a church we give out uh, end of the day bagels and wrap them for them Um, it's important for all those things schools any most schools in all of this area, if they have a raffle, if they they're having a bake sale, we're we're always giving towards those things. Yeah, um, and I and I want to touch upon this because everyone sees social media and stuff, and people blow up on there. Don't get me wrong, but what actually holds them businesses in the long run that I've seen even on social media is if they're backed up by actual foundations like you just talked about because eventually people figure it out if a person's or a business or an Instagram is telling the truth or they're portraying a real message or it's really the values of their business and here one of the things that you talked about is your core values in the community and I would say that entrepreneurs restaurateurs sole proprietors in the food space it is so upsetting to me on a regular basis how much food is thrown away and not given away to people like i get it you don't want to create free habits or whatever but you're throwing the food away like what difference does it make at this point like someone needs it more than i do i'm going to throw it away it's a loss and so this is one of those things where I see it all over the country where you can't give away food or people refuse to do it or whatever, and it just doesn't make any sense to me when I see people sleeping on grates and stuff like that, particularly here in New York City and now in Nashville. It just blew my mind what happened over the snow thing, and like I literally was running around with dollars in my pocket handing it out to people during the snowstorm so they could stay warm or get warm food because I'm just so shocked about all like in that these food businesses are literally just like dumping food and soup out the back door and coffee and there's people like freezing to death outside like you could just give them a cup of coffee and and what you guys touched upon i was going to touch upon it on this podcast but the reason that there's the energy the reason that there's 
the attraction to this business, the reason that even it's felt through the videos is because of that energy that is true in the paying forward. It's knowing that you'll never see the outcome, that you're building a legacy and a future that you will never see, but you know that it's going to be there. And it goes back to that beacon of hope conversation. But that's really what we're talking about, right? We're investing in something that we will never see while we are on this earth, most likely, because we don't want to. We're investing that far ahead. And I think that that's what you guys touched on. And so I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you guys having me here, feeding me, giving me beverages. You know, I drink a lot of beverages. So seeing a wall full of beverages, anyone who knows me that's listening to the podcast, I'm the guy who goes to breakfast and orders like like three eggs and bacon and then like a coffee and orange juice, a Diet Coke and a chocolate milk. You're not going to run out of flavors <laughs> yes, here. That's yeah, for that's sure. sure. Yes. I'm that guy. So My I'm like motto was always 31 flavors, 79 donuts as much as you can put it yeah me too i'm like as many things you can have in there and whatever and it's kind of funny because anyone who's probably looks at my phone or knows me is probably going to go in there and look at the first thing i did and the first video i did was the video of the cooler because i didn't know like i wasn't even it wasn't even before i even talked to anyone i'm like oh my gosh what is this (laughs) (laughs) i was like this is so impressive this is the one i'm like who designed this just so like he tells me the whole story i'm like this thing is incredible i i would be stuck here all day. I couldn't work. He's like, oh, people eat bagels. I'm like, no, I would just be drinking the thing and having to use the restroom all day. You have to see people trying to pick what they want to drink. They, I'm just so They amazed. put drinks back like three, four times till they make their decision. It's so funny. I will post a, a thing on Instagram of it, but I love it. There's even, there's so much variety here and it's even in your food. And we didn't talk about the food, so I am going to have you guys back on and we'll do one, either another one in person or I'll do it over the phone. But I want to continue the conversation and talk more about the business itself and all the varieties of food and bagels that you guys have and really dive into the creativity and inspiration behind all of that as well. So thank you guys so much again. Uh, Anyone who's listening on the podcast, again, you can find us on Spotify or anywhere else you grow yourself. Uh, through podcasts you can find utopia bagels at utopia bagels on instagram and tiktok i believe yes um i'll let you guys give the address what's the address here that they can it's find? it's uh, 1909 utopia parkway and that's in whitestone queens cool and if they're anywhere in the united states they can get you guys off of uh gold belly gold belly and look up utopia bagels on their site and cool and i hear you're like one of the top yeah, we were, Day. I believe Jesse told me we were number two to Guy Fieri. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah he was you. one, we were two. I'll, I'll, I'll be number it. two to Guy any day. Yeah, I know, exactly. And Guy, if you're listening, we'd love for you to try our bagel. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, but Jesse's coming for you, Guy. I hate to tell you he's coming for number one. He told me. <laughs> <laughs> he's not happy with number two. <laughs> Thank you guys again. I really appreciate it. And guys, if you like the episode, please share it with anyone one you know these entrepreneurs come in here and are like giving valuable information for any individual to grow from so please share it and and thank you everyone